It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show, Thank buddy. you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now. That's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. And the gate JT with you on a busy day the NFL franchise transition tag deadline is coming up here in an hour so something's going to give on this show today I love when there's some deadlines and a lot's happening and it falls in our time slot I love this time slot if you're going to lunch if you're stepping outside if you're podcasting us if you're listening live at work we greatly appreciate you listening to the show live from Las Vegas all throughout the Raider Nation as we get rolling here, brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own the Stratosphere, and I'll be out at the Stratosphere at their great PTs right inside. We're going to get some March Madness going. Next week, we'll tell you all about that. i got a lot of March Madness going on in town. I've been on the radio almost, I think, longer than anyone in this town when it comes to sports. There's a few of us here, and I embrace March Madness. The fraternal order of the men of khaki pants are coming to town. Uh, They tell their wives and girlfriends and partners that they're coming out to watch college basketball. That's what they tell them. It evolves into insanity and steakhouses and some strip bars and nightclubs and all this, and then they... They find their way back at the airport after the first week of March Madness. They look for their wallets. Did they forget their cell phone? Did they max out the credit card? March Madness is the closest thing we have in Las Vegas to the movie The Hangover, where guys come in with a plan, and then the plan changes for obvious reasons. And I just sit back and watch. I just sit back and laugh. Because, you know, I'm not amateur hour ever anymore. I'm not in my 20s and 30s anymore. So I, I kind of enjoy this. And uh, the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants are coming here. So get your steakhouse reservations. Get your booths at your sports books there. You don't want to be the guy who's waiting on a chair. right? You don't be waiting and waiting for someone to get up. And then they put their paper down. It's their seat. Grown-ass men get up in casinos to go to the restroom. And they take a piece of paper and they put it on the chair and say, Don't sit in my chair. Everybody loses their mind. Everybody loses their mind. Breaking news as we open up the show. The Baltimore Ravens have used the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. That is live right now. Baltimore Ravens have put that out. Ian Rappaport reporting on that. So Lamar Jackson is franchise tagged. The non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. So you can go out and get them if you want to give up some picks here and to see if they have the ability to match, which I expect they would, we'll get into this coming up here in a little bit. So would would that be a good fit? I have a list in front of me from SI.com on the top free agents, top 50. So I looked into this for some show prep today, and out of the top 11 free agents available, 11, many of them had connections to the Raiders. And when I saw that, I said, oh, that's interesting. 
and Lamar Jackson was number one. He's the number one NFL free agent, and he was just franchise tagged here moments ago. And SI.com has best team fit for him, the Raiders. And stop viewing Jackson as just an athlete and refer to him as an overall standout quarterback. Blah, blah, blah. Best team fit, the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Colts, Panthers, and any other team with quarterback needs. So we are wondering who the Raiders are going to get at quarterback. The other breaking news is that the Jets' ownership, along with the GM and the head coach, are in the air right now. This is confirmed by Fox Sports. They are in the air to go visit Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So that is the show for today. There's a couple of topics I want to give you to fire away on because we have some good guests, as we always do here, sprinkled throughout the show. Here's what I think you should be calling me on or giving your opinion on. First off, the most important thing going forward is the Jets are in hot pursuit of Aaron Rodgers. So you can look at this two ways. I'll go first. The Jets are all in. We knew this. Woody Johnson, the owner, Woody Johnson wants him, and they want him badly. So he's on the plane with Robert Sala, the coach, who would like to keep his job because if he doesn't make the playoffs and they suck again, he's probably going to get fired. So Robert Sala who likes the young, blonde-haired kid quarterback out of BYU, Zach Wilson, probably loves his job more than he loves Zach Wilson. So the Jets are all in on Aaron Rodgers, but we knew that in the Raider Nation. Now, we don't know if the Raiders are all in on Aaron Rodgers. How would we know? Because Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are not going to tip their hand, nor should they, because if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, you know, we don't, they don't want to look like they lost out on him, and maybe they don't want him. Maybe they want the young quarterback in the draft which we're all trying to figure out here. So the plane is in the air, and the Jets are going to get a deal done in their mind because they didn't get a deal done with Derek Carr. And Derek Carr obviously ended up in New Orleans. Good for Derek. So here's what we know. If they're in the air with the owner, who's a billionaire, and he wants Aaron Rodgers, he's going to sit down with Aaron Rodgers. The Packers gave them permission to talk, so it's no longer tampering. So we should now believe that the Green Bay Packers are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people believe that, including myself. I think that Green Bay's got Jordan Love ready to go. They're sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers, who's under contract, acting like he's not under contract, and taking all his time every offseason. You would think Aaron Rodgers would learn from what happened with Brett Favre, but did anybody think maybe that's who we learned from, Brett Favre? And he watched Brett Favre do it, and it worked out well for Brett Favre. He went from team to team and made more money. So that's what's happening now. So we got a couple of huge topics breaking. Jets are on the way to Green Bay to get a deal done, not to visit and to go to Brett Favre's Steakhouse. They're there to get a deal done. If you would like the Raiders to jump in and get a deal done, today would be the day to call on Aaron Rodgers. Today would be the day to jump on your cell phone, push someone out of the way, and call me and say, we got to get the private jet up in the air and go get Aaron Rodgers. If you don't think that's a, a big deal, pass on it. No big deal. If you don't think that's going to happen. Also, according to Ian Rappaport, the Giants and Daniel Jones are finalizing a contract before the franchise tag is done, which is in an hour. That's a big deal. So Daniel Jones, who I don't think is worth top five at the position, they're trying to get a contract done because if they don't get a contract done with Daniel Jones and they franchise tag him, that means they can't franchise tag Saquon Barkley. And that's a big deal, too. Because Saquon Barkley's at the level of Josh Jacobs, and you, you, you don't want to lose him. If Saquon Barkley hits free agency, there's a good chance he won't play for the Giants again. That's another big topic. 
You want a third big topic, which I'm going to put some time into next hour, is Josh Jacobs was franchise tagged. I told you that was going to happen on this show for months. I did not think the Raiders were going to give him a long-term deal until July 15th, as Vinny Bonsignor pointed out in his column today at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, that the Raiders can still work out a long-term deal with Josh Jacobs. They have till July 15th to work out an extension with him. I think they're going to try to do that. It would be beneficial to the Raiders' cap long-term, especially depending on what they're going to do <coughs> Excuse me, this year. So there's a lot of momentum, and I think it's positive that Josh Jacobs is a Raider and he was franchise tagged. But I am not dealing with all rational people on this show, as I've been telling you kindly, I think kindly with respect, over the last couple of months, kind of over the last year, I'm dealing with some irrational Raider fans who are based on negativity, and they can't even congratulate Josh Jacobs for getting $10 million guaranteed in the franchise tag. They are sky is falling, and they think everything the Raiders do is negative. And there are a lot of rational fans that don't call. They don't own Twitter. They don't have Facebook, and they're calm. They're like, okay, we could still negotiate Josh Jacobs, lock him down for a three- or four-year deal, but now the trade deadline, excuse me, the franchise dead, the deadline's in less than an hour, and the Raiders could not get a deal done with him, obviously, so they franchise tagged him. What's wrong with that? What, what, what is wrong with that? Josh Jacobs did not deserve a contract extension last year. He rushed for 800 bleeping yards and missed two games. He did not have a great year the year before. The new regime that came in here was not going to give him and reward him with a contract. They also rewarded other guys with contracts, and maybe some didn't deserve it at the level they got. So they weren't going to give Josh Jacobs in Canton, Ohio last year a contract extension coming off 800 bleeping yards in a 17-game season. But you got Raider fans going crazy. Why didn't he? Why? Why did we let the five-year? Why did they let the rookie contract expire? Why didn't they do it? Because he didn't deserve it at that level. Now he deserves it. Okay, so the Raiders tagged him, and they're going to work on a contract extension. Everybody should be able to figure this out. It's not the end of the world. Josh Jacobs is a Raider. He's officially a Raider with the franchise tag, and he's probably going to get a new deal. I would think. But I gave you that one right. So, and I told you Derek Carr was going to New Orleans or Carolina. Not the Jets. Not any of these other teams. He went to where I said he would go. And to be fair, I thought Carolina pretty much had the edge, but it was one of those two. So we're okay there on that Derek Carr is gone. So that's what, we, that's what we're talking about today. It is a priority and a sense of urgency. If you're a believer that Aaron Rodgers can help the Raiders like I am, that the Jets are in the air. Okay, there are radar apps, literally. There are lunatic fans who can trace the airplane. It's landing in Green Bay. There will be a television crew. There will be a television crew in Green Bay waiting for the Jets' private jet, Woody Johnson, to land, and they will follow him with drones and helicopters as they go talk to Aaron Rodgers. Now, here's the problem with Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. The Jets stink. Now, you could say that they're as good as the Raiders. I think the Raiders have better players on their team with the Jets, but the Jets have some good players. Sauce Gardner, he's a better corner than anybody on the Raider roster. They have a pretty good defense. The defense is better than the Raiders. They got a good running back coming off an injury, but the Raiders have a better one. And the Jets, if they're able to convince Aaron Rodgers to go there, this is just an absolute money grab. 
Aaron Rodgers is looking going, all right, I'm sensing Green Bay doesn't want me anymore. The Jets will take my entire contract guaranteed. I already won a Super Bowl. I'm not going to win another one. I might as well go collect all this money in New York, build my brand for after my career in New York and doing more sports radio and doing everything I do there and do that. I don't think he's going to win in that division. You got Bill Belichick in that division. Even though Brady's not there anymore, Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. You got Buffalo up the road, much better team with the Jets, and Josh Allen is a great quarterback. So if Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Jets, I think that's a sign that, look, he knows his career's ending. He wants his guaranteed money. He'll do it there, and he'll ride off into the sunset. If he comes to the Raiders, a little bit different. I think, I think I'm from New York. I think Vegas is more glamorous now. New York's a much bigger market than Las Vegas, much bigger. But I just think that the, uh, the fit for Aaron Rodgers in Vegas could be explosive. And I've always believed that reuniting him with Devontae makes a lot of sense because him and Devontae are brilliant together. So everybody should be on the clock. We're on the clock right now. Rodgers could, it could be a done deal by tonight after dinner. Because if Rodgers tells Green Bay, yeah, I'm good with this, and Woody Johnson says to the Packers, yeah, what do you want, a first rounder? A first and a third? I still think Aaron Rodgers is worth the first-round pick. Others are saying, no, he's not. Then they get a deal done, and Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, and the Raiders lost out on Aaron Rodgers. Or maybe they didn't because they weren't interested in Aaron Rodgers. That's what i got to balance the show with because they are going to be fans tomorrow or the next day if Aaron Rodgers is a Jet are going to call me screaming at the Raiders for not signing Aaron Rodgers when the Raiders might have had no intent to sign Aaron Rodgers. But that's part of my job description. I'm fine with that. So you got Josh Jacobs with the franchise tag. Aaron Rodgers now getting ready to meet with the Jets in a matter of hours. Could be in the next two hours. To me, those are two massive sports radio topics. 702-365-9200. We have Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. He's going to give us the odds on what happens if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. How does that change the odds? Along with the NBA and everything he does. Brad Spielberger will join me at the bottom of the hour. Brad's really good with the cap and everything else that's out there. So we're pretty busy. Vince Sapienza, who's got great Raider contacts, works inside the building with me. We'll talk to him about football and the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's what I got lined up today. My energy is at a 10. I'm excited. I love free agency. I love the draft. We're coming off the combine, and deals are happening here as the franchise tag deadline here is at the top of the hour. And it looks like Lamar Jackson, he'll be parked. He's just going to be parked in Baltimore with this franchise tag. But now, when you look at this non-exclusive franchise tag, there are going to be some teams calling on him. And I think the front runner there would be Miami. And I'm also hearing Atlanta. Atlanta for Lamar Jackson. And why not the Raiders? Why not the Raiders? If you can get 26-year-old Lamar Jackson and the franchise tag is non-exclusive, do you, in Raider Nation, think that the Raiders should go in on Lamar Jackson all in? With an with a MVP who's only 26 years old. Because they couldn't reach a long-term agreement with him. So they're going to use the franchise tag. Again, man, I, I don't get crazy when guys sign franchise tags. I don't. I mean, they're getting rewarded. They're getting a lot of money. But Lamar Jackson deserves not top five. He deserves top three money. And those others who are hit with the franchise tag and the exact number, Lamar Jackson at $32.4 million. That's underpaid when quarterbacks are making 50 
and Aaron Rodgers is getting 60 this year. So you can assume uh, Lamar Jackson's pretty pissed off being franchise tagged at $32 million. But that could go up a little bit. Tony Pollard, the running back for Dallas, $10.1 million along with Josh Jacobs, your running back here in Las Vegas for the silver and black. Tight end Evan Engram, he was franchise tagged by the Jaguars for $11.3 million. And Deron Payne, the defensive tackle of the Washington Commanders for 18.9, I think he would be a brilliant pick, brilliant pick for the Raiders, but he was just tagged there because the Raiders need a defensive tackle. So here's Ian Rappaport. He's had a lot of information today. This was Aaron Rodgers, the chase for Aaron Rodgers, which is underway. Aaron Rodgers, I'm told, has received permission to speak with the New York Jets. Those conversations have happened this week. It is due diligence for Aaron Rodgers and does not necessarily mean that anything is imminent, although the clock is ticking, so at some point, somehow, some way, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to come to a decision. But it is his decision. I think that's been one of the more important themes here is that regardless of what the Packers want, what the Jets want, what the Raiders want, this is all about what does Aaron Rodgers want. And my understanding is his wishes is something that the Packers will listen to. If he has fruitful conversations with the Jets, if he likes it there, if he decides that is where he wants to finish his career, the Packers will accommodate him and go forward and start the process of working on a trade. If he tells the Packers, Jets were nice, Robert Sala is a very nice person, I like Joe Douglas, but I want to head back to the Packers. They will welcome him back if it's retirement, which is certainly an option still, and everyone will move on that way. This is all about what does Aaron Rodgers want? He's beginning to learn that this week. All right, so NFL Network, which I have on in the studio, is going crazy now. Oh, going nuts on Aaron Rodgers' watch. It's kind of like a CNN town hall. They got like 11 guys on TV talking about this deal right now. And Lamar Jackson, moments ago, as soon as I started the show, franchise tagged. So today's a big day in Raider Nation because Raider, the Raiders are in the market for a cornerback. There are star cornerbacks that are available. Uh, they're in the market for defensive tackle. One got tagged, a couple are available, and quarterback is a priority. The Raiders need a quarterback no matter who it is, Jared Stidham, if it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. And there is more and more buzz going forward from the national media, not from me, that Jimmy Garoppolo is the best fit for the Raiders because if Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, reuniting again with Josh McDaniels and the system makes perfect sense. And there's even a whisper out there this morning that Tom Brady's coming out of retirement. There's even a whisper of that as people are trying to stir the pot here, man. So there's a lot going on. And you can jump in and be a part of the show, 702-365-9200. But, you know, I'm not saying you have to call me or when you should call me or what you need to do. Uh, But don't come to me whining and moaning tomorrow or the next day if Aaron Rodgers is a jet, and then you're all worked up about it. I'm live on the radio now. This ain't a podcast. If you want Aaron Rodgers, you go get him today on this radio channel, and you say, this is what we have to do. We cannot lose him to the Jets. I would like to get Aaron Rodgers in a Raider uniform. I wanted Tom Brady in a Raider uniform. I have no need to apologize to anybody for those comments. I would still go back in the hot tub time machine and get Tom Brady and would like Aaron Rodgers here. If not, my world's not going to end. We're going to welcome a new quarterback here anyway and move on. We just had Derek Carr for nine years without a playoff win. You don't think I want an upgrade at quarterback? You don't think I want a quarterback for you who's better than Derek Carr? What the hell do you think I'm doing here? I'm trying to get you someone better. 
I can't do it. I don't sign the checks. I don't pick the guys. But I run the portal on the radio to try to figure out who to get. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, we don't want Aaron Rodgers. Really? Okay. What the hell have you been watching for the last 18 years? He's got four MVPs, a Super Bowl. He's the greatest pocket passer inside and outside the pocket maybe ever, along with two other guys. He's available, and the Jets are in the air to go get him. And if he goes to the Jets, I'm from New York. I think that is a quarterback graveyard for most, including Brett Favre. But the Jets might outbid everybody to go get him because the Jets are desperate. The Raiders aren't acting desperate. Everybody seems to be under control when I'm in the building. The GM and the coach seem pretty cool about doing what they want to do to build this team and get it back to a level of consistency so they can get to the playoffs every year. They got their plan. That's part of the plan. There's a good part of the plan that probably doesn't want Aaron Rodgers, but it's worth talking about because he's Aaron Rodgers. Jump on in if you'd like to. We got a couple of guests coming up later on this hour. Let's start off. J.C. Raider in Salt Lake City. You're up first. Go ahead. J.C., are you there as we open up the show? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Can Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Mm -hmm. J.T. Here's what I know, J.T. This is a 6-11 football team. Okay? Whoever Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler hitch their ride to as quarterback I'm holding them responsible. So when I see teams going out and doing what they got to do to go get Aaron Rodgers like the Jets, and we're standing pat, and look, there's other guys out there like C.J. Stroud and maybe Bryce Young in the draft, but this is 6-11 and team. Okay, this is about winning football games. I don't care about two, three, four years down the road because you changed my mind on that when you signed Devontae Adams. You gave Darren Waller a new contract. So, look, Oh, I'm going to follow whoever they get, but they're hitching their wagon to whoever's in that, that quarterback position. And if we don't win more than six games next year with the draft picks that we have and the free agency, I, I'm sorry, but I will no longer. I, I, it's, or as far as the coaching staff, I think this will be a disaster if they don't finish better in 6-11 and because this really has bothered me. It's when, you know, because when you got a chance to get a Hall of Fame quarterback – you have to jump on that because this doesn't come around often. So we'll see who they hitch their ride to. But I'm telling you, as a Raider fan, we better finish better in 6-11. and 11. You better put a better product on that field next year or we're going to hold you responsible. Thank JT. Take my call. Well, you know, that, and that's part of the job of the ownership and especially the executives in charge. They want to improve the team. They have to improve the team. And they'd like to do it in the fashion that they think is responsible financially with the right players long term. And I've been optimistic. I'm always an optimist at this time of year because I know the Raiders have tremendous draft equity. They got a lot of money under the cap, and they have the ability to go out and do this. But it is a little bit more complicated because they didn't want to do business with Derek Carr anymore. And once they moved on from Derek Carr, they needed to get a quarterback. And if the quarterback carousel, if guys are jumping off, Lamar Jackson's getting franchise tagged, Tom Brady's retiring, if Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet, then you gotta, if you want to focus on some of these other guys, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or C.J. Stroud, and other people jump in front of you and get those guys, then you got to go back into free agency and get the quarterbacks that are left. And then once Aaron Rodgers is gone and Tom Brady doesn't come out of retirement, you're dealing with Geno Smith, who I don't like, who signed with Seattle. 
Baker Mayfield, who I like a lot, but it's not at the level of Aaron Rodgers. And then you start going down the list, and the list will not excite you as much as Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. We're all aware of that. So, yeah, it's a business. They're, they're running it close to the vest. And I, I would assume that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels today are very comfortable with their plan and their decision. But we don't know what it is, so we got to sit back and watch it develop. Jason's in Tacoma, Washington on the Raiders mobile app. Hey, JT, appreciate you taking my call. But I was going to say, um, yeah, I hope Aaron Rodgers um, chooses to take his time, just like he's done pretty much the last few years. Mm-hmm. He's a smart individual. I think he should weigh his options. I think uh, the Raiders should be in, and they shouldn't uh, show that they want him real bad. But Or I don't know how you explained it earlier, but uh, we should just definitely uh, let the Packers know that we're interested in uh, – I hope Aaron Rodgers just takes his time and uh, really listens to us. I think we have the best team available with the offense we have. Sorry, I'm not worried, but uh, mm-hmm. no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really want to go in on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, appreciate the call. Remember, this is the Packers who have the leverage here. The Packers are probably sitting there. Here's what I imagine is happening now: the Packers are sitting there in their executive offices, waiting for Woody Johnson's private jet to land, and they're having a meeting now. They gave Aaron Rodgers permission to talk. So the Jets are going to meet with Aaron Rodgers. And after the Jets are able to talk to Aaron Rodgers, because it's not tampering, they agree. Remember, the Raiders did this with Derek Carr. New Orleans needed permission from the Raiders for Derek Carr to go to New Orleans and talk. That's exactly what's happening now. And thanks for the call. I got to run. So this comes in. is If the Jets love the meeting with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers wants to think about it, it doesn't matter what he wants to think about. The Jets can pull the trigger, and so can Green Bay. Green Bay can tell Aaron Rodgers, go to hell, kick rocks. Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, is in our private jet terminal. He just offered us two first-round picks or a one and a two or a one and a four. We're going to take it. You're a Jet. And if you don't want to report to the Jets, you can retire or, or do something like this. So remember, the Packers are in control because Aaron Rodgers is the property of the Green Bay Packers. Fascinating stuff. It really is. You remember when Peyton Manning was available and Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay? This is the same thing. It's Aaron Rodgers. He could be on the move. You better believe we make this a priority. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will join us. Jay Sherman over at the Westgate. People are gambling. Odds are moving. It's exciting times in Las Vegas. JT, Raider Nation. There's a finality to the decision, and I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. Look, I'm answering questions about it because I get asked about it. Um, I'm talking about it because it's important to me. If you don't like it and you think it's drama, you're being a diva or whatever, then just tune it out. Mm. It's fine. But this is my life. It's important to me. And I'll make a decision soon enough, and then we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. Relax, it's Aaron Rodgers. We're used to this, and the Ravens placed the non-exclusion franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. JT, back with you, brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin wants to remind you when you and your friends are celebrating your bracket wins during March Madness, make sure to celebrate with Remy Martin Cognac, top-selling Remy Martin VSOP, 1738XO, and Tercet are all teamed up for excellence, are you? 
Remy Martin, team up for excellence responsibly. Always good to talk to Brad Spielberger, who joins us with his analysis, with the salary cap, with the tag from Pro Football Focus. And Brad, let's start with Lamar Jackson and this non-exclusive franchise tag. The number's small for a quarterback number at around $32 million. When you see that number and the non-exclusive tag, what jumps out at you? I'm really, really surprised by this development. You know, I know it's been very tough for the Baltimore Ravens to negotiate with Lamar Jackson because he does not have an agent, doesn't have an advisor. Um, it, my understanding is it's been kind of hard to actually have a back and forth, and it's more just a, hey, here's our newest offer, and Lamar says, does it have $230 million fully guaranteed yet? If not, I don't really care. Um, and, and so, look, I get where both sides come in this situation, but I'm very surprised they're going to take the risk that someone else in the league is not going to say, hey, you know what? We're going to follow that precedent. We're going to offer Lamar a deal of that caliber. One theory or thought maybe is, hey, the Ravens are thinking, you know what, we'll match whatever anyone else does. But if we match an offer sheet from someone else, as opposed to giving it ourselves, then maybe the league and the rest of the owners won't be mad at us. We'll say, hey, we had to do it. We didn't sign into it. Uh, you know, They'll be mad at that other owner that actually negotiated that deal. Yeah, I could see that too, but it, people get over that. Other owners want players, and if they see a player available that they can get by giving up draft picks because they were tagged, I think an owner will do that if he deems it responsible. What I kind of want to know, and we're not going to know this because Lamar doesn't have an agent, because the agent could leak this out through some source. Do you think they offered $240 million and $180 million guaranteed? What do you think the guaranteed money got to? Because I agree with you. That's the number Lamar Jackson cares most about as a running quarterback who can have a catastrophic injury. He wants that guaranteed money. Any guess what that could have been? I think it probably got in the neighborhood of about 150, and I think that would be on the high side. Like I think that's, and I would guess that's on a maybe a six-year offer or a, at least a five-year offer. Um, and, and so I think that's where it comes in. Where you know, again, I mean, for him, I think he just says, "Look, I'm in the same division as this guy. I don't have you know 30 sexual assault claims against me, and I don't see why I would take anything less." And of course, the ownership or or the GM could say. You know, this is, this is a one-off contract. It's, it's unprecedented. An agent would hear him out on that and would agree with him on that. But Lamar doesn't care. And, again, he, he has every right to not care about league precedent and all these things. You know, he, he's an unprecedented player and talent in, in his own right. Brad Spielberger is our guest. So as I move on from this, I'm thinking Dolphins. And I'm in Vegas with the Raiders. And if you could tell me you can get a 26-year-old MVP for two first-round picks and give him a contract that is fair because the market – is not strong with the Ravens. I got to think that the secondary market here is enormous, especially in Miami, where the rumors are that's where Lamar would like to go. He's from Florida. He grew up down there. So Stephen Ross and his team, they got to be thinking if it's not Tua, and there are rumors of Brady coming out of retirement, I won't play into that in this conversation, but why aren't the Dolphins jumping all over this deal? The, the owner's a multi-billionaire. If they can figure it out, you know the cap and the strategy here. Are the Dolphins or the Falcons or the Raiders, another front-running team, can go out and get them? I think the Dolphins are the team to watch here. I think, like you said, it's where he wants to be. I believe he's in South Florida right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from there, I think he spends his off-seasons there. The one tricky thing for them is, because they do not have a first-round pick in this year's draft, they would have to wait until after the draft to sign Lamar to a offer sheet. And then, if he, you know, if he matched and all those things, they would bet, or sorry, if the Ravens do not match, then the Dolphins would send Baltimore a 2024 first, 
and a 2025 first. So mm-hmm. they have to wait until they actually have first-round picks available. You know, that, that tampering for Tom Brady comes back to bite them. But on the Stephen Ross point, you know, you mentioned he's very, very wealthy, independently wealthy, all those things. I had a couple conversations in Indianapolis, one that stuck out in particular that said, look, the guy's 82 years old. He's tried everything under the sun to get an elite quarterback and just wants to get one while he still has time to enjoy it and watch the guy play. I think he would go to that, you know, 200 plus million fully guaranteed. I think he'd do it. Brad Spielberg, as we wrap this up. So that's a huge storyline. Uh, noticing earlier today when the news broke about Woody Johnson getting the jet to go to Green Bay. Walk me through what could happen here, because I think a lot of people are confused that Green Bay holds the leverage here. If Aaron Rodgers wants to go there or not, Green Bay could still say no. Green Bay's in charge. They could say, hey, Aaron, go kick sand, or we want you to leave. We have Jordan Love ready to go, or we want more from the Jets, and we're going to make you sweat it out. Walk me through a few scenarios with the Jets in hot pursuit of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, I think the Green Bay, from some indications, they are open to moving on. It's going to be interesting because when the guy is owed $60 million in cash for next year alone, I don't think the trade return is going to be as, as eye-popping as maybe you know fans are expecting. And obviously, optics and everything does matter in this league. You know, you know that as well as anyone. Like, you want to look good in every deal you do, even if you know why certain things don't shake out. So do I think they're going to get a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson-esque return? No, I don't. I think they're going to get probably a first-round pick this year and then maybe a conditional pick in the future that could become a first if Rodgers you know, is going is to play in 2024 and beyond. So that's where I think it gets complicated is figuring out the trade return. I think the Jets are willing, again, a team that is desperate to figure this out, I think they're willing – to pay him the money, and they're willing to give up some solid capital in return. Is a 13th overall pick this year, and then maybe kind of you know a conditional pick going forward. It's just navigating that middle ground is tough right now. Um, but I will say, Green Bay letting him speak to the team directly, I think, says a ton. When, when a team gets to that point where they let a player under contract have conversations directly with another club, that's often an indication of we're comfortable or, or even want to move on at this point. Uh, finally, as a valued member of PFF, and I have been for a while here with the subscription service and how I prep for my shows, I love what you guys did with the free agent rankings and the tracker here. Really important for guys like me who do this. And, man, there's some defensive tackles and some cornerbacks in your top 15 there that other teams are going to look at now if they're not retained and other teams aren't just jumping at the bid here. I, I love this in free agency. I don't like free agents who are ranked in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. I like those top 15 guys. Maybe leave me with a name or two, Brad, that you think is someone who's available, that you're surprised is on the open market, that a team would want to jump on quickly here. Yeah, so first off, I appreciate that. This is my baby here, the, the free agent ranking. So, you know, a couple that changed over the course of conversations in Indianapolis that are going to get some really strong deals. Uh, one is Draymond Jones, the defensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. He's a guy that was played kind of as a 3-4 defensive end, but a handful of clubs said they wouldn't be you know, against him playing three technique in a 4-3, kind of playing a little bit more you know, on the inside, and they think he's big enough and physical enough to do that. Um, I think he's going to sign early on. I think he can get you know, maybe $17, $18 million a year. Another one is Jacksonville Jaguars right tackle Jawan Taylor. I think he is going to be maybe the prize free agent and the non-quarterback of the entire class. 
Um, he touches some teams. He's not great in space, a little bit limited athletically, but he was called a quote-unquote elite pass protector to me by two different teams, an AFC team and an NFC team. Both said that, both personnel guys that, that evaluate players you know, as, as their profession. Um, and I think he could get, again, 17-18 near the top of the market. One more for you is Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from the Buffalo Bills. Also 25 years old, just like Jawan Taylor, a phenomenal, freakish athlete. You know, finally had a breakout season last year, his highest grader for us by almost 40 points um, in PFF grading. Um, got better in coverage, did a lot of things better last year. And I think he could get 18, maybe 19, maybe even close to $20 million a year as kind of that big-ticket off-ball linebacker free agent. Thank you, Brad. A lot of work, a busy day, a busy evening. Everything's happening on tag in this uh, day, really important day, where some good players are going to be available around the league. Always appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Go to pff.com and check out the free agent rankings here. There are defensive tackles and a, and a lot of corners. And if you look at that, uh, NFL.com, this is according to Greg Rosenthal. He has his list up of some of these free agents. There's some good ones. And again, I don't know. Dave Ziegler told me to my face as you were listening in studio, I think a month, month and a half ago, he doesn't want to go out and get five free agents every offseason. You can't sustain and be good. Raider fans want to be good instantly. I get it. He's trying to build something that could last. Look at the players that are available. Javon Hargrave, the defensive tackle from Philly. If the Raiders could get him, he's the top remaining free agent, according to NFL.com, defensive tackle. A massive need. Orlando Brown, the tackle from Kansas City. He's been up and down, but played great in the Super Bowl. Uh, James Bradbury. Remember he held on the final play of the Super Bowl. Everyone went crazy. He's available and really good. And Zach Allen and Draymond Jones, who we just talked about with him. There's some good players that could fit the Raiders' needs. We'll get into that. 702-365-9200 if you want to get through. We'll touch up with Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. There's some wild moving odds in multiple sports. If you're a gambler, always stick around for the VP of Risk Management at the Westgate. He joins us next. Julian holds the ball in the air. The Zag faithful celebrate as Gonzaga will advance to the WCC Tournament Championship game for a 26th consecutive season. JT back with you. Zagalicious. Zag's radio on the call. No one's busier than Jeff Sherman here, VP of Risk Management, because March Madness is coming to Vegas on top of everything else that's happening. And, Jeff, before we get to March Madness, let's begin with the Aaron Rodgers frenzy as the Jets are trying to meet with him and how that could affect the Super Bowl odds and championship odds for the conferences next year with both Green Bay and the Jets if he decides to play for the Jets. Yeah, if he were to leave and go to uh, New York, Green Bay, you'd see there are Super Bowl odds. Right now we currently have them at 25-1. to 1. They'd get up into about the 60-1 to 1 range. Uh, conference, we have 12-1, to 1, and you'd basically double that, get up to about 25. And the Jets are currently 30-1. to 1. We did open them 40-1, to 1, and then you hear the noise about it. So being 30-1, to 1, they'd go down to about 16-1, to 1, and conference mm. odds going down from 15 down to 8. So 8-1 to 1 if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets to win the AFC. Yes, yes, wow. and, uh, and okay. I'm sure we'd still see some support at those numbers for him. 
Uh, let me ask you about Derek Carr going to New Orleans. I think they have an opportunity because of the weakness at the quarterback position in the NFC South to win the division and get a home playoff game if everything goes right, and they guess right there. What's changed with New Orleans since Carr agreed to terms? Yeah, we went from 50-1 to 1 down to 30-1 to 1 for the Super Bowl, and we actually did take some money right when that news broke at 18-1 to 1 for the uh, NFC Conference. Now they're down to 12-1, to 1, so a little bit of support. But that's how things go these days when you see this player movement and people are trying to get that information on Twitter and jump in and get some value. So we saw a little bit on the Saints yesterday. Well, is there value with Lamar Jackson? He was franchise tagged there. I got to think he's really upset about it. The tag number's $32 million. He's a guy who wants to make, get about $50 million a year. I see this kind of ending ugly because he's representing himself. Where do you stand on Baltimore right now uh, going forward, and do you think he'll stay in Baltimore? Because that could change dramatically the odds of them in conference in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, we got Baltimore at 20-1 to 1 right now, and mm. there's a noise about uh, Atlanta. We saw some Atlanta bets come in today, but then you hear reports that Atlanta is really not going to pursue them. But, again, you know, what do you believe with that? So, you know, we're going to see people take shots on teams that there's rumors for, for players to get traded to. And right now Baltimore sitting at 20-1, to 1, and, you know, that could end messy, and, and they could move on and, and go ahead and trade them. The Jets, if it doesn't work out with Rodgers, maybe they'll get involved from that perspective. So you have the sharpest sports book in the world over at the Westgate. Jeff Sherman's our guest. So you're saying when there is player movement, you don't get a ton of action, but you get a little bit. Is any of those tickets significant there, or does everybody, you know, it's just a light bet for someone to just get a little bit of action here? How does that work? Well, you know, the players will take what they can get on them, and it just depends because on the app, the the limits are smaller. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because you can get hit on that by multiple people across multiple jurisdictions. So, you know, obviously we want to take less, not have that liability accrue. But once in a while, we'll have people come to the counter, which we can afford to give a larger wager because we can evaluate it at at that time. So you'll see a lot of $100 to $500 bets come across the app when things like that break. Got it. Uh, Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management at the Westgate. What happened with Durant uh, coming to Phoenix? How did the odds change there? Man, he looked good in his debut there, and I watched that game, and I said, well, I don't think they're as good as Denver. I wonder about these other teams. I just started thinking about Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. Walk me through that. Yeah, they, uh, the, the Suns were anywhere from 25, 20 to 25 to 1 before all this Durant stuff happened. And then mm-hmm. uh, as it was getting anticipated that things could happen, I went down to 18 to 1. And then the night the trade happened, I went from eighteen to one down to nine to two for the to win the NBA title. And currently, you know, they've won three in a row with him on the road too. They're down to four to one, second choice behind the oh. Celtics. So, you know, that they have some depth issues that they need to address. And I know they can do that through the buyout market. They've already done that to some degree. But Phoenix does look like the starting point out west. The West is deeper for teams that can compete. There's about six of them, but it's not as strong. Where in the East, you got Boston, Milwaukee, and maybe Philadelphia. So three top-heavy teams, and you know the Knicks are coming on right now too. Mm. And they've seen a lot of movement. Uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago, they were one fifty to one for the title. Now they're fifty to one with their nine-game winning streak. So looking to extend that tonight against the Hornets. Wow, that's a big move for the Knicks, no doubt about that. Uh, as we wrap this up, I just got back from a golf trip in Florida in St. Augustine and had a good couple of times talking with uh, my buddies about Tiger Woods, who didn't play at Bay Hill, where he's won eight of his 82. And I heard from some rumors out there that his recovery hasn't gone well from the Genesis. I wonder what you heard, because by not playing Bay Hill, and I don't think he'd have any chance at the players, which he's not going to play in, and we're just still zeroing in on the Masters, and does it look like he might have had a little bit of a setback, or do you think he'll peak at the right time to play at Augusta National? 
Well, I didn't anticipate him playing in any more tournaments leading up to Augusta. I just didn't think there was enough time between the, the tournaments that we're dealing with today, even next week, the Valspar, and to recover to get ready for Augusta. So a bit of a break, and he probably wanted to give himself time to see how he'd be with that. But, you know, from making the cut and the response from the betting public, you know, we were 60-1, to 1, now we're down to 40-1 to 1 to win the Masters, and the money is still coming in on him. And, you know, people liked what they saw and think that he has time to recover. But, you know, I agree with what you're saying, though, is if it was a full recovery and he, he thought he was in good shape to do it, he might have got one in maybe next week at the Valspar. I didn't think the players was right for him. It's a really mm-hmm. challenging course where uh, he hasn't had too much success. So I thought that maybe the Valspar, but it doesn't look likely for that either. And what was the liability like on Kurt uh, Kitayama, who had a triple in his final round, and then a whole bunch of guys were on 17-18, missing putt after putt after putt, especially Rory and Spieth. And Kitayama wins all that money for the purse. What about some of the winners and the golf betters who were right on that? What were the odds like? Yeah, we uh, we opened and closed Kitayama at two hundred to one, and oh. had a few takers on him. So nothing overwhelming. We did all right with that. We did have large liability on Jordan Spieth, uh, so we evaded him. But uh, I, now you're going to see more involvement with Kitayama. We've seen some Masters bets already, some bets this week. You know, I did start him at hundred to one for the Players Championship this week. Bumped him up to 125. It's so hard to repeat, especially in these elevated events with good fields. So I wouldn't anticipate him going back-to-back, but you're starting to see some tickets on him again. Great segment as always, Jeff. Appreciate your time. Talk to you in a couple weeks. Okay, thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman. That's a lot of gambling information there, a lot. And he's really good because he sets the odds. So you're hearing what's happening with the NBA with Phoenix and Durant. You heard about the Jets. If the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, the Westgate is going to have the Jets 8-1 to odds to win the AFC. Did you hear that? Did, did you let that sink in? 16-1 to down to 8-1 to if they get Rodgers. So that's how gamblers are involved with this Aaron Rodgers story. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and you had them at 16-1, to now new people want to get in and start betting 8-1. to That's a significant line move if he ends up being with the Jets. Always appreciate Jeff for what he does there. Wow. And then the news on Tiger. Again, Tiger's not going to play till the Masters, and I love golf, and I'll be watching. Maybe that's what i got to get used to. I'm not used to Tiger not wanting to play. I think he wants to play, but he can't walk for five days, 18 holes. He just can't. He cannot walk at the players. I was just down there. was there. We had a lunch there, saw it set up for this week. He cannot walk that golf course for five days, play on Wednesday in a practice round or even Tuesday and then play four rounds. Not that Florida is hilly and all that. It's just too demanding of a course, and he can't win. So if Tiger wants to wait for Augusta to win, a lot of people didn't think he'd make the cut at the Genesis, and he did. And he missed a lot of putts that would have kept him in contention on Saturday and had people talking on Sunday. And that's not going to be the case at the Masters. He's just got to make the cut at the Masters and have everybody buzzing again. Man, that first hour flew by. Vince Sapienza next hour. Hey, I want your opinion on Josh Jacobs getting franchise tagged. I'll have an opinion on that at the top of the hour. I support this move by the Raiders, but I don't get involved in his money. The money's significant, but he'll want more on a long-term deal. Let's get into that next hour on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio.